Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We're beginning a new series today and we want to welcome you into it. Now, if you don't know how to keep moving, then we're going to learn how to master the middle. Let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. Over the next few moments, I think we're starting a new series. Well, we are starting a new series. Um, We're going to be talking about the middle. And um, everybody take a deep breath. This word is for you if you're here and you're alive. That's a reminder that 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 um, I think the attractiveness of getting started is what gets us out the gate. And then for some, depending on what journey you're on, uh, it's sometimes we can see the goal right just like away from the horizon. But for 99.9 and a quota, most of us find ourselves somewhere in the middle. I started this journey and I got a word from God. He said, dot, dot, dot. And I took off, I took off and I told everybody what God said. And then a few months, years, decades, none of what he said seems to be coming together. And it's in that middle that we learn a lot about the people around us, but more importantly, ourselves. So we're going to dive deep into this middle because, again, one of the worst feelings in the world is trying to get somewhere and getting stuck in traffic. And if you got the pressure of time, like your boss was like, hey, no more lates, Dion. Nine o'clock. And so you plan, you set your clock at seven. You mess around because if you're like somebody that I share um, my heart with, um, especially back in the olden days when we just had an alarm clock that you had to hit. I'm talking to the, the, the Gen Xers because uh, some of us, alarm clock, what is that? Is that the device you call phone? No, it's a separate thing. And it had red letters and you would set it, and it'd be careful because you had to switch between AM and FM, and sometimes you messed that up, so you set it for 6.30 p.m., and you meant to set it for 6.30 a.m., but um, the, the one that shares my heart back in the day, she's delivered, but back in the day, the alarm would go off, and she just, I mean, I'm sorry, this person would just hit it, hit the snooze button. And this thing is generational because my oldest son has, he's a throwback, man. He has an old heart, so he has an alarm clock. And I usually wake up about 6, 6.15, and one of the days that I go into the office late, I hear it, it, it for literally 45 minutes. And so back in those olden days, you would hit snooze and you get like five minutes and then it'll, it'll, it'll go again. And so you need five more minutes. So you hit snooze again. And you need five and so on for about 20, 30 minutes. And I will always ask my lovely wife, why don't you just set it 
at the time you really need to get up. And what we see is we're getting up, we're dressed, and we have the pressures of time, and we can make it on time if there's no other car on the road. And so we have these small margins and the pressure, and God forbid the, the, the person in front of you who does not know how important your destination is, and God forbid that many of us, we have to be at the office by eight so you're not by yourself, and, and, and you're on 85 or you're on Concord Parkway, and it just seems like everybody's going the same way. And this is personal because they don't know how important your destination is. And now you're stuck in traffic and you timed it just right. If you hit every light, you can get there on time. But it was that car at that last minute that jumped in front of you and you had to slow down and they made the yellow light, but you didn't. And you stuck in the middle and no matter how loud your worship music is, you mumble a couple things under your breath. He sees you. And so I know what the end looks like, but will I get there? And will I get there on time? And the pressure of time and delay and misery causes us to, to, to have that pressure of, am I where God called me to be? Because I know what he said, but I don't see what he said actually in my life. And we have all these plans, man. We have all these goals. And if I could just hit that goal, and God forbid, um, if you compare yourself to other people. Because uh, that's how we measure whether we are progressing at a good rate or not. So we take... Uh, inventory of, okay, middle-aged men at certain, should have certain amount of money in their bank or certain amount, and then we say, man, that's not where I am. I should be prepared for retirement. I should be in my career. And it all seems that everyone, no matter young, black, old, white, whatever the case may be, have that same dilemma. I'm not where I want to be. And the pressure of it, and so I, I submit to you that we all love, we all love and we all enjoy life to a degree where, um, uh, uh, put it this way, everyone loves, but we either love in the wrong way, love the wrong thing, or our priorities concerning what we love is out of order. What does love have to do with being in the middle? I'm so glad you asked. Second uh, Timothy 3 and 2, it says, he, it warns us about the last days. And it says the last days um, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, Traitors, reckless conceit, goodness, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And so when I'm in traffic, I'm thinking about me and only me. Okay, 
Y'all like, you do. You're selfish. We think about us and only us. So let me, um, I'm setting the tone for the middle. So here's, and I want you, um, you, you, most of you have my phone number or text message, even if you're watching online. Um, I I want you to write this stuff down because I want you to search the scriptures. Seriously, search the scriptures to see if this is true. These things are true. We're either coming out of living in or with or going into whatever it is. I'm coming out of something. I'm living with something or I'm going into the next something. And so uh, let's, let's part in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 to 17, 17 through 22. I have a lot to read, but I'm chopping it up. So I want you to put these verses down. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 through 22. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Why are you stuck in the middle? Why are we stuck in the middle? God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, everybody say, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they may change your minds and return to Egypt. This long journey that we are on benefits us. I want you to hear me. There's a shorter route, absolutely, but it's in the middle that we learn to depend on God. It's in the middle that you learn that your ingenuity and your skill and your crafty nature is not enough. And that's why God takes us and this is God leading his people. I mean, he literally, the scripture literally says, hey, there's a shorter route. But when we face battle or challenges, then we want to return to what was. And so the point, the whole series, the point of this message, I mean, you can actually leave. Don't do that because that would, that's a rhetorical statement. Don't leave. But you can leave on this point. That middle, this place that we're in that we're complaining about, It's the place that God is revealing us to ourselves. And what's in us comes out in the middle. You don't, I, we don't know how we act once we get what we've been praying for. So to see if there's value in getting what we prayed for, he says, okay, that's what you want. Let's take the long way. It's, uh, It's how, man, I'm just honest. It's getting the gym membership. And at 5.30 in the morning, you're like this. Well, this is fun. I'm about to lose all this weight. Hallelujah, Jesus, right? And then the next morning, it's a beautiful sunny day, and, you, and you're getting up in the morning, and there's no traffic, and you're at the gym, and it's like, yo. And we post. It's two days in a row. And everybody's like, way to go. And there's one person that has wisdom. Keep it up. And it like, it rains on your parade. <laughs> and it's like three days in and it's just like, whoop. And then it's, I love the selfie. I love the selfie. I'm here. 
and I'm working out. Got to get it. I love it. I love it because I'm talking about me. Then next year, you get a reminder that you posted it. And you're nowhere near your goals. Because sometimes it's fun to get started. Let's see how fun it is when it starts raining the next morning. You stay up later. And so you look and it's 5 o'clock and you say, well, if I get there by 7, I'm still good. And this is that journey. So verse number 18, so God led them in a roundabout way. A roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. God led them in a roundabout way. And some that I've talked to, and you're not the inspiration of this message, the Holy Spirit is. But some that I talk to, they, they say, I just feel like I'm going in circles. I feel like I'm not any further along than I was this time next year. Could it be that there's things in us that God is trying to work out of us? And it's the circle, it's the roundabout that God reveals who he is. And I'm talking to people who are stuck. At least you feel like I'm stuck in the middle. If we're going to master that middle, we have to know that God is leading us. And so Exodus chapter 14, verse number one, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of. So, you got the miracles, you got the 10 plagues, you got all those miracles that got you moving. But may I submit to you, miracles are not enough. Miracles could be the motivator that gets you. But hear what I am saying. I don't want to know God only through my memories. If he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble, I need to know God in the right now because it's the thing that got me started. But it's not the thing that's going to keep me going. All right, Exodus chapter 14. It'll get you in a minute. Um, He tells them, uh, you must camp in front. Listen, I'm not going to butcher those. If you're watching, I'm not going to butcher those names. What I'm going to say is, read for yourself. Um, Exodus chapter 14. Um, they are wandering around the land. This is what the pharaohs are saying. For the Israelites, um, I'm sorry, uh, Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering around the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. Your and my observers will, will see us doing this. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, some of us are driving many, many miles to worship. And our loved ones are saying, all these churches you passing, you look like you're in a roundabout. We got folks that used to be pastors in other places, and now they are just serving in a way that, that honors God. And for some that's observing, it just looks like you're in a roundabout. You, you, you got, how are you going to leave this established and we have directions and plans for you to go to a place that you've never seen and you just seem confused you have, and you can't even answer your critics? You don't know why you are doing what you're doing. You don't even understand it. You just know God is leading you. But to your enemies, you're in a roundabout. How is this relationship going to work? What's going to make this relationship different? 
And once again, you find yourself in a new relationship and you got these standards and you got these because you've learned and it seems like everyone else, ah, she's confused. Ah, he's confused because they don't know what God told you. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Man, you mean to t- mm. you mean to tell me that outside the miracles, one of the greatest motivators is misery? You mean to tell me that God hardens Pharaoh's heart to pursue God's people? Because if we're honest with ourselves, oh, we, we get to going when pain comes. Okay. I know it's tight, but it's right. Then I will receive glory by the means of Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Verse number 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians coming after them. Remember all he said, right? The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't it what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Your pain, my pains, being stuck in the middle begin, will cause us to complain and voice our concerns. They're actually really talking to God. And how many of us have muttered, muttered under our breath, why did you bring me out here? I was okay with that other thing. I was, but now I'm going into a place that I don't even know how to get there. And it's harder and harder. It would have been better if I stayed in the world, because serving you is just too hard. It would have been better if I would have stayed in the familiar because this unknown is killing me. Okay, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Wow, I just want you to breathe. I don't know what your middle is. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, wow, the Lord can be ruthless. Why are you crying out to me? You heard what I said, right? I ain't following your agenda. I'm following mine. There has to be, Josh, a boldness and a confidence, not in my ability. But when we know God said, that's what we declare. We don't decree anything he didn't say. I'll talk about that in another time. But he says, tell the Israelites to break camp. Now, some versions um, actually say, tell the people to get moving forward. Verse number 19 then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, man, it's just good to me. Can I just, oof, this is good. Then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. 
it came between the Egyptians and Israelite, for, Israelite forces. There is a cloud and darkness. It lit up the night, and neither group came near the other all night long. And I know that the middle is filled with discouragement, and I know that the middle is filled with distractions and despair. And we have a tendency to ask these three questions. But the evidence that we are not ready to be moved or to move to the promise is our response when we are in a battle. Our response when the threats come. And out of our responses when the battle comes, do we murmur? Do we complain? Do we want to give up? That response is indicative of where we are. And so if we are not rooted in him, then those external pressures will cause us to retreat or withdraw. So when you and I are faced with a battle, is our response first to worship? Or is our response to withdraw? Is our response to call the saints because one can chase a thousand, but two can chase 10,000? Or is our response to just go in isolation and hide? There's three questions. Why did you bring us out here to die? What have you done to us? And why did you make us leave Egypt? The world and its attractiveness sometimes offer the comfort, the temporary comfort that we all looking for. But if we're going to be kingdom citizens and we're going we're to have an eternal mindset, then we got to know that these temporary afflictions pale in comparison to what God has for us. And then you see, verse number 19, then the angel of God who was going in front of the Israelite forces moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. And the pillar and the angel of God were between the Egyptian and Israelite forces. We have this idea that we as Christians as believers that we stand between the world and heaven. No, God stands between us and the world. I want you to see this. Angel, the angel of the Lord moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of the cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and the Israelite camps. When you do not see the cloud in front of you, if you don't see the angel of God in front of you, it's because God has your back and he's actually fortifying your weak area. What do you do when you can no longer hear from God? I submit to you, you keep moving forward. Do what God said the last time. If you don't hear, if you, all of us, if we don't hear a new thing from God, then I submit to you, do what he said. That's the promise. When that cloud is not, that when that cloud, the cloud was enough to get you started. But if you're not careful, you'll keep looking for another sign. The cloud was the sign. And this is what I believe that he's talking to this church about. Don't forget what I said, because the middle is so hard that you will begin to doubt God said it the first time. Man, I'm preaching to myself. The promise, it only comes through preparation. Can you handle when the church explodes? Can you handle when the marriage is restored? Can you handle it? And the indication of whether we can handle it is what we handle now.
Man, if you can't hold your tongue now, you will never hold your tongue then. If you can't understand the, the, the signs and the discernment of these times, then when things really, when persecution really comes, don't let the distraction of a mask, don't let the distraction of a vaccine determine if God is good or not. If you take the vaccine, glory to God. If you trust in God and don't take it, glory to God. But what we will not do is allow those two polar opposites determine whether God is good or not. This is what he's saying because in the middle, it's where everybody's being lost. Have you seen the extremes that people live in? The extreme churches are blowing up. We offer exemptions and we're not going to do this and we're not going to do that. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And then the people who's like, look, we want to honor everybody that's in our church. We want to honor. And what happens, people of God, there is a dance that's happening that many of us are dancing between being content and living in contempt. And that is the dance that we have to be careful about. What is the difference with being content? Content is what Paul said. No matter what condition I find myself in, I'm satisfied. Contempt is always finding something wrong. Because you and I are filled with contempt, content or contempt based on where our eyes and focus is. If my focus is on Jesus, I'm content. If my eyes is focused on the world, I got bitterness in my heart because the world can never fulfill my desires. There's an eternal, look, every issue can be summed up. Bold statement. Whether we surrender to God or not, my desire is not for the scriptures to say what I wanted to say. My desire is to submit my will to the scripture. And so whatever we are, whether it's church in Maine, whether it's the CD, whether it's Be Fearless, whether it's the women's ministry, wherever we are, it's not our thing. It's storing the thing God gave us. So we don't have to boast in our own skill. My confidence is in him. I know what he said. It's not for you to amen what he said, because I know what he said. I know what he said about Think Kingdom Church. I'm not, it is a distraction when we keep our eyes on everything except what he said. That's why he said, why are you crying out to me? I told you what I said. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to deliver you from Egypt and take you to the promise. Where did I change my mind? But we changed ours in the middle. In the middle is when you change your mind. It's in the middle that Eve said, did, did he say that? And that's the middle that we keep messing up. We are, man, I'm watching my, um, this is pastoral now. I'm watching church people, my people that I love in the same cycle. We can set your misery by our watch because it's how you respond. Do we worship in moments of battle or do we withdraw? Do we worship in moments that we are just, we, we, we feel so consumed or do we retreat? And he says, listen, I am the one that's hardening the land. I am the one that's hardening Pharaoh's heart to keep you moving. 
Man, if you going through, if you watching, I'm a little excited. But if you going through, I'm telling you, continue to do what he said. I refuse to abort what he said. Oh, I'm standing on the promises of God. I refuse to turn back now. I should have never started if I'm going to turn back. It's in the middle. And so here's what I want you to understand, that just because somebody is used by God doesn't mean they belong to God. And we got to understand the season that we're in. Pharaoh was used by God, but Pharaoh does not belong to God. God is using Pharaoh to get in us his perfect will. Whoa, I feel like preaching. Man, because I'm fighting against something in the spirit. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm telling you to stop walking if you're going in the wrong direction. Some of us got to do an about face. Some of us need to repent. This, ter- this, this lying on the fence, this sitting on the fence, God no longer wants it. You've been with God too long now to waver. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, you're discouraged. Yes, you're distracted. Yes, there's despair. But God is with you. Now, wait a minute. How do I know God's with you? We know that God is with the Israelites when they continue to do what he said. It ain't deep. It's hard to stay motivated in the middle because being in the middle can be demoralizing. But it's in the middle where the dormant issues rise up. You thought you were over it. Find yourself in the middle. That thing that was sleep pops back up in the middle. And so what we thought was dead isn't. And that's why many of us are in this cycle. And we keep going through this cycle over and over because I'm in between what God said and what I see. And what I see isn't what God said. So if we're going to master the middle. There's two things and I'm going to sit down that we need. First thing is we need some grace and we need some grit. I'm, I'm just, grace is unmerited favor, absolutely. But it just isn't unmerited favor. Marco, grace is God's willingness to do in us and for us that which, which we could never do on our own. That's grace. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15 and 9. He says, for I am the least of the apostles not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Oh, the contrary. I worked harder than any of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, so we proclaim and so you have believed. You want to be a better husband? You need the grace of God. Because it's in our nature to be selfish. You want to be a better anything? We need the grace of God because it's in our nature. It's in our nature to worry. It's in our nature to withdraw. It's in our nature to blame someone else. I once heard this saying that said, um, um, uh, personal responsibility is an orphan. But blaming has many fathers. I mean, but no, but taking the credit has many fathers. Everyone wants to take the credit when success happens. No one wants to take the brain. 
And so when we see what, great, what God is trying to do through the people of God, think about the children of the Israelites. He said, look, this battle ain't yours. It's mine. I got you. If you keep doing what he said, he's obligated. It's not because of, it's not because of him. I mean, it's not because of us. It's because of him. You know how you make a promise to someone and circumstances allow you to like, man, I just can't be able to make it, blah, blah, blah. We feel bad for a moment, blah, blah. He will not be God if he, can, if he makes a promise that he don't fulfill. That's why we got to know that God said it. And the only way we know that God said it, and contrary, it's not just that audible voice that some of us hear. It's located in his word because he will never contradict his word. But sometimes the... the uh, the thing that we set out to do can be often attributed to his glory or our own. When you search your heart, why are you doing what you're doing? That's what the grace is. It's by God's grace we are not consumed. It's by God's grace that we have not thrown in the tower. It's by God's grace that the middle has not killed us. It's by God's grace that although we have challenges and this place isn't what I thought it would be, it's by his grace that I am still here. That's God's grace. And so I just want you right where you are and say, Lord, I need more of your grace. I need him to empower me to finish the race that he started in me. He, everything that he has declared, it's up to him to fulfill it. When he gives you a vision, our job is to be obedient and to steward, steward what he's given us. That's grace. But I'm tell you the second thing you need. That's grit. Grit is determination. Grit is courage and resolve. Grit is the strengthening, the strengthening, the strengthening of your character. See, resolved is the mindset of the determined. And so I will break grit into four parts. You got to have courage. You got to have follow through. You got to have confidence. And you got to have focus. Because this is a, it's in the middle, the wilderness, where Joshua's and Caleb's come to the forefront. When everybody else is saying, we can't do this, we can't do this, we can't do this. God always sends two people, not two people. God will always send a reminder of what he said. We cannot do it. You're right. But he told us that we're going to possess the land. I'm not concerning myself with the how. And I got to say this clearly. I got to say this clearly because I don't want, because last time the, the, the online people, I, uh, yeah, long story. How? We have to be careful that we don't get stuck in the how hole, that we are consumed by how is God going to do this? And so until we know the how, we don't get started. You ain't God, baby girl. He does not have to tell us how. Our obligation is to keep walking. I don't know how I'm going to get this. I don't know how we're going to raise the money for this. I don't know how. We have to make sure that we know who. That this did not or originate with us. It originated from the, from, from, from the word of God. And so I can't be consumed. You can't be consumed. How are we going to make it if we're following God? Grit isn't what I do, but how we surrender our actions to God. We got to recognize that there's purpose 
in every season we find ourselves in. But how do I surrender to God in those seasons is the question. James chapter 1 says, consider it pure joy. What? My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What? No. No. Are you serious? When I'm facing something, I suppose to consider it joy? You can't do that by yourself. How? Dion, you can't do that. How? It's, it's the grace of God. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The middle is maturing you. It's the middle that's maturing us. And so that's why we can't jump ahead to the finished product because it's in the middle that God is not only maturing us, he's making us whole in the middle. It's the sanctifying grace that once we endure the middle, we won't lack anything. And this is the amazing reality. And this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Verse number 14, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Wait a minute. The road to hell is wide open. It's like 20 85s. But the road to eternal life is narrow. But this is what I found interesting, Tip. The next verse goes into false prophets and how they are disguised as sheep but are really wolves. May I submit to you that some of us are fooled into believing that this road is supposed to be easy. On the contrary, we have itching ears and want to be told that we won't suffer. That contradicts much of what Jesus says. While others confuse the consequences of their behavior with the will of God. The reason why I'm suffering is because I'm in the will of God. No, the reason why you suffer in this instance is because you're in your own will. That's why we need some grit in this season. Let me tell you something. And old folks used to say this. It's really simple and theologically sound. 99 and a half won't do. We need some grit, Bruce. We need some grit. Because in this season, we rail against protecting our personal liberties. Oh, we know our rights, but we are weak against sharing the good news of Jesus. We shout our opinions on the topics of the day but whisper in our silos the wonders of the Word of God. We have to be determined in this season to follow Jesus. And it starts with casting the vision to yourself because all of us are called, Alan, to something different. If you are not compelled to be a disciple yourself, you will never compel someone to become one. You must, our relationship, we must own our relationship with God. And it doesn't matter what the other person does. 
Have you come to the place where you sincerely believe that Jesus is the only way? Now, amen. Narrow is the gate. And we're trying to, in our own strength, make that gate wide for everybody. Our scripture tell. listen, let me, let me stop for a second. Now, you and I are not the gatekeepers. So let me just, let me just, let me just stop that right there. The people that you think going to hell going to be shouting with Jesus. And the people that you think going to be shouting with Jesus going straight. And that, my friend, has nothing to do with us. So you ain't the gatekeepers, okay, with your religious self. Man, let me park right there while I'm upsetting everybody. The fact of the matter is the reason why we lean so heavy on legalism because we don't believe that the spirit can work. And that's why a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We bring people into bondage and not the freedom of Jesus. What is wrong with us? The mere fact of the matter is when my sons were little, they pooped on themselves. I did not yell at them. I did not say, oh, my God, look at you. You should be. You, I know you're six months, but you should be. You should know better. But when people come to Christ, we expect them to know everything. We don't walk with babies. We yell at the teenagers. I mean, think about what discipleship is. Discipleship is the messy middle. And if we're going to make disciples of Jesus, we got to master the middle in our own hearts. You know what my job is? My job is first to allow the Holy Spirit to remove the darkness in my own heart. And once, I remove, once the Holy Spirit helps me to remove the darkness in my own heart, that's why I can give you grace. Because I'm acutely aware of my own darkness. I'm acutely aware, except go the love of Jesus in my life, go, so do I, so go I. And that is why I'm talking to the determined. I know this has been a hard season. I know you got the ill report. I get it. But please, baby girl, understand what God is calling you to. He's calling this church, he's calling you to master the middle by allowing his grace and your grit. To keep you going. Because the reality of it is I can't stay here too long. And I'm, I'm getting suffocated, Pastor. But I'm encouraging you need to stay here long enough to learn the lessons you need to learn. I know it may be good enough. But if it's not God involved, it won't work. And the biggest problem that I believe that many of us have mistaken, please hear me and hear me in the context in which I'm saying it. The devil can make you just as successful. So where are you measuring your success to? I mean, if he didn't want me to do it, it wouldn't have happened. Read your Bible. And I don't want you and I to only experience God through our memories. I know that God has still, is still working on your marriage, working in your hearts. And, and what God desires to do is to, is to take territories in our own heart first. But that's the middle. It's being exposed. And it's in that middle where he's using the fire of trials to burn out those things that are in us. That if some of us are honest, we knew they were there, 
We were just trying to work around it. You still have that attitude. It's just dormant. You stay in that middle long enough, it'll come out. You still got the pain of your past that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's distorting your worldview. And as long as you don't have obstacles, Looney, you, can, you, you, you look the role, you look the part. I submit to you that if it's in the middle that you're struggling with, that's why God has come. Because it's, it's the place that you see his grace. And once you do your budgets and once you do and you see that hole, whatever it is that you're struggling with, it's that middle that gives you angst and anxiety. And I'm submitting to you. Yeah, all of us are guilty. We start complaining. I'm just tired. You are. But what are you going to do in the midst of your weariness? once heard someone say that when I'm empty, that's the greatest offering I can give God. I was confused with that because being empty is surrendering all you know how to do to him. So how many empty folks in here? Let's just be honest. I need him to fill me. It's like you know how two people are arguing and you say things like, man, I just feel like I'm caught in the middle. I got allegiance to both sides. And it's hard when you're in the middle. Well, that's not what she meant. Well, well what she said, what, and you caught in the middle. God is calling you. He's not going to take the middle from you. But we just got to surrender to what are the lessons that I need to learn while I'm stuck in the middle. If you are here today, or you watching, you're trying to learn how to master the middle, the middle of what he said versus what I see. The middle where hope, your hope is waning. Can, can we just be real, man, like for real? I know some of us say the right things in public, but we worry in private. It's because that middle is suffocating us. And I want to have hope. And I, I, I know I should say, I know I should be strong. But I love what Paul said. I boast in my weakness. So that the grace of God can be seen. See, having confidence is not in us. We're not that gifted. We're not that smart. My confidence in the fact is even if I mistook what he said, my heart is like David. Man, if I'm wrong, I'm going to get it right. I want you to stand to your feet if you don't mind. watching. You can do this in your home. Well, I want, it's really simple. I just want you to close your eyes if you will. 
and to talk to the Lord about what's in your middle. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's, it's, it's this big God idea that I don't know the how. And I'm determining the next steps because I'm not, I don't know the how. It's not your job to figure out the how. Our job is to be faithful to whatever he said. So this moment is for you. Whether it's being a new father, whether it's grieving, whether it's God pulled me out, told me to go to, and in between, I don't know what to do. You know who I'm talking to. I want to remind you that he's with you. You just have to remember what God said. And Pastor Antoine with the kickoff to Mastering the Middle. He shows us that we are either coming out of the middle, living in the middle, or going into the middle. But always to keep walking towards God and His promise in this season. Now, if you are blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. Now, if you're anywhere near Charlotte or the surrounding area, come on by. Visit us here at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and even Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, so many more other sermon series right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.